Welcome to Central Line, the AHA podcast. This is the official podcast of the American Animal Hospital Association, dedicated to simplifying the journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine for every member of the veterinary team. Here's your host, Dr. Katie Berlin. Dr. Addie Reinhardt, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, you're speaking this yep. week. You are up to all sorts of amazing things <laughs> outside of speaking at conferences. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about what you're doing right now? Yeah. So um, I guess relevant would be kind of my story of how I got here maybe to this conference even. Uh, I so that. I'm a 2015 grad from University of Tennessee. I practiced small animal in the Lexington, Kentucky region for around four years. Uh, and in my early career, I have already experienced pretty severe burnout twice. Um, so once at about eight months out and once it again, uh, about three years out. And uh, I think through those experiences really recognized how important it is to have good mentorship and support. Um, and fortunately I did have good mentors and, and out of my practices that could help me through those really tough moments. Um, but starting to talk more openly about my burnout, I realized that, um, a lot of my other classmates were going through very similar things and, uh, really saw this gap in resources for early career vets. And so, uh, wanted to really create something that would provide a resource to, um, all early career professionals as they're transitioning into practice and just give them a little bit of a soft landing as they're, they're entering in practice. And so, um, I actually quit my full-time job back in 2019. I uh, went back to school at University of Kentucky. I got my master's in community and leadership development. Uh, and I spent two years researching veterinary well-being and specifically the transition to practice and what causes stress in the transition to practice. And then um, we piloted the first iteration of MentorVet in the summer of 2020. So right as the pandemic is starting, I uh, got some really amazing research results from the, the pilot. Um, one of my research mentors, uh, Elizabeth Strand connected me with leaders at Merck Animal Health. They found out about what we were doing with MentorVet and wanted to help support it in whatever way possible. So they became a founding sponsor in the spring of 2021. Um, and uh, from there have just been helping us grow and expand MentorVet to reach more and more early career vets. So um, in our first large cohort last fall, we had uh, about 75 vets go through our program this spring, 140. And then this fall, we have about 200 vets going through our six-month mentorship program. So super excited to see it kind of grow and expand and, and help more vets. And uh, so so that's kind of my full-time gig now is uh, running the mentor vet program. I'm the, the founder and CEO. So I uh, do a lot of program maintenance and uh, doing things like this, like speaking uh, at Connexity and exhibiting and uh and I also do a lot of well-being research. So I'm on the research team for the Merck Animal Health Veterinary Wellbeing Study. So we released those results uh earlier this year, which is really exciting. And uh yeah, it's just been really wonderful to get in the space of um helping others in the profession. So um that that's a little bit about me. Um as we're looking forward to the future of MentorVet, it's really exciting to see this um intervention help support early career vets. So we're also looking at other areas of support for other life stages of the veterinarian as well as the veterinary team. So that is a lot packed into one short bio. <laughs> like, I mean, how did and, I do on time? No. And, and short career so far in vet med, like for you to have done all of that since you graduated and to have so much more um, in mind for the future is pretty inspiring. 
I was wondering, because we're at Connexity right now, and the theme this year is create a better world. And I have a feeling you just told us a lot of the things that you're already doing to create a better world. But what does a better world in vet med look like to you? Yeah, I think right now, recently, we've had a kind of growing um, concern about mental health challenges in the profession. Um, I don't think they're brand new issues. I think they're just now coming to light because people are being more open about um, talking about mental health, which is fantastic. And mm-hmm. we're starting to break down some of those stigmas. Um, and and knowing that, um, I also see that we have a big opportunity for growth um, in the mental health and well-being space um, to create a profession in which uh, any veterinarian or veterinary team member can have a sustainable career in this profession. And I think that for me, um, a sustainable career just means that you can find joy and passion and, uh, in your career as well as, um, find a a space that's very inclusive to everyone. And so I think, um, really looking at veterinary medicine as we go forward, I just hope that we can continue to create, um, healthier workplaces, um, healthier, uh, communities and just communities of support where we all support one another in this sometimes challenging career. Uh, and it's always going to be stressful. Uh, that's, yeah. that's vet med. Um, so learning how we can, um, make it through the day, um, have the right resources and support and having the, the people there to support you as you go forward in the career. Um, so that's a big part of what we do is just helping people be able to help themselves and others. So, yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. I think you're already doing a lot to make that better world happen. You really have started a movement. You know, mentorship is something that is a hot topic, right? It's a buzzword right now. You know, people are really interested in talking about mentorship. And I think you're a large part of that because when I graduated in 09, no one was talking about that, at least not that I heard. Um, and part of that is the you know social media has really taken off since then we weren't connecting on facebook then like we are now and through other channels um but i i just i'm really so impressed with how you've managed to really start a movement and i was wondering how you feel about that like what do you think was that factor you know like the turning point mm-hmm. where things really took off was yeah. it because you have masters now is it because you had connections to the right people like was there a magic formula that like <laughs> had that take off or do you feel like starting a movement, like being a movement maker is something that other people can do in this profession, no matter where they're coming from? Yeah. Oh, well, first, thank you. Um, that was very touching and just, um, yeah, it's, it's often, um, overwhelming in like a really beautiful way, mm-hmm. um, to see this happening. And I, I think what I'm seeing, um, uh, before I address your question, um, is, we are changing the definition of what mentorship means. So traditionally, when we think about mentorship in vet med, um, it's been a very uh, clinical focus mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, learning from a more experienced vet, getting more confident with your medicine. Um, and and I think what we're seeing is we now need more um, in, in, in different areas. So uh, mentorship and support, and maybe that looks like emotional support, or maybe that um, mentorship and support looks like helping you learn how to better navigate conflict with clients and and uh, your team. And uh, so I think the the definition of mentorship in vet med is is completely changing to something new and different. And um, I, I attribute a lot of my own success to the mentors that I've had along the way. And so um, 
I, I think back on, there's been a few different moments of um, MentorVet that have been really uh, points at which I could have stopped and, and not kept going. And um, I remember the first day of my grad school program, um, one of my research mentors, they said, come with some ideas of what you want to work on during your two years here at UK for your research project, for your thesis. And so they're like, come with three ideas. So I had like a list of my ideas. And one of those was creating a mentorship, a national mentorship program for young vets. I remember telling her the idea and, and she said, I I said, do you want to hear the next two ideas? She said, stop. (laughs) She's like, stop. We're going to do that thing. Like you have no clue yet, but this is going to be, um, so successful. This is going to help so many people. And so just having that confidence in me, um, to really push me forward with that vision. Um, and then just giving me the resources and support that I needed to create this thing. Um, and then the, the other mentors along the way. So Elizabeth Strand connecting me with Merck Animal Health and then, uh, the leaders at Merck, I, I didn't even know at the time I was looking for jobs and, uh, you know, I was like, well, I'm introvert can kind of be a side thing. And, and the leaders at Merck, I remember, um, Christine Royal and, and Judson Vasconcelos, um, I, I presented my research and, uh, the pr- presentation was, was good. Uh, I look back at the slides. I'm like, Whoa, that, those don't, don't look great, but, <laughs> but we they saw, start <laughs> we have to all start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they saw and recognized, um, in me and in, in mentor vet and just had this belief of, of what the world could be, um, from, from my vision and what I described. And so they said, again, like, you don't know how successful this is going to be, but we're going to help you get there. And so, um, and, and even over the past year of just like growing this thing and I, I didn't take any formal like business training. So like being a CEO, like that feels like a big (laughs) deal. Right. Um, and, and so along the way, like all the lessons learned on, you know, how to be an entrepreneur and how to grow something. Um, I just attribute so much of it of being able for me to reach out for help and get that support from others, which is so fitting, right? Because I'm doing this thing where we're building mentorship and connections. Right. And and the only way that this would have happened um, is for, for me to have mentors and supporters. And so um, it's just been, yeah, really, really amazing to see. So I, I to answer your question, I, I think that, um, I think that anyone uh, has the power to start a movement. And, and I think a big piece of that is, um, not being afraid to, um, ask for help and along the way, because there's a lot of things that you won't know as you're going forward. And then also, um, yeah, just, uh, having the vision and being able to, to articulate what, what you see the world being, um, and, and, if you can get good at that, then people can stand behind what, what you see the world to be. So yeah. that's, that's fantastic. There's so many pieces to that, but there's the theme through that story is that you saw a need in the profession and you said, why couldn't I be the one to start this conversation um, in a different way than we've been having it? And that takes a lot of guts, you know, to just say, I, I think I kind of want to tackle this problem. And you did have support from people who saw how important that idea was and how much there was a need for it. But to just open your mouth and say that, I mean, obviously it hadn't been something someone else said or it would have happened. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's brave and also very honest, you know, and saying like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but <laughs> I think we should do it. And asking for help is, is also brave. So I think you, 
you get you should you should get a lot of credit for that even though you've had support like you were the one who said this is something i needed mm -hmm. and if i needed it other people need it too and you're so right about that yeah so um, yeah it's been it's been really just fascinating to see how creating these structures for mentorship and support um can just help so many people and um seeing how much my own mentors continue to help me as I grow this. And so it's been, yeah, really, really amazing to see um, not only my journey, but then also all the mentees who go through our community. And we're, we're up to, I think, almost 400 people in our community. Wow. And just we have a you know, growing community of about 150 mentors and uh, people who've been through the program, people who are currently in the program. And, you know, I just look up and I'm like, it's, it's been a year and to see this just blossom. And so it's really exciting also to see where, um, you know, how far we've come in a year and then knowing how far we'll go in the next year um, and, and just some really exciting things coming, uh, coming up for us. Here at AHA, we're proud of our guidelines, but we know what it's really like to be in practice. We know, for example, that maybe you read the guidelines, but your colleague doesn't, or you read the guidelines, but the doctor you're working with doesn't, or you might want to present what you learned in the guidelines at a team meeting, but team meetings, am I right? Well, our free implementation toolkits are designed to give your team the tools they need to adapt the guidelines to your unique practice. Check out our tips for technicians and CSRs, handy charts and infographics, and downloadable pet owner pages. You'll also find links to podcast episodes, a quiz, and other related resources that can help your team do what only they can do. Bring the AHA guidelines to life in your practice. To download our free pain management toolkit supported by Zoetis, go to aha.org pain management and click toolkit. And be on the lookout for canine vaccination, working dog, and senior care toolkits coming very soon. I feel like sometimes people put a lot of pressure on the recent grad or um, the person who needs that support to ask for it and to say, I need you to be my mentor. I need your help. But it can be really hard to say that because you don't know if the person you're talking to is going to be receptive. And if you work for that person or with that person, it could be a little bit uncomfortable. So I feel like a lot of the onus is on the more experienced people to offer that assistance and to say, I'm here for you. Like, what can I do for you if you want to help? So say there is a practice, somebody's listening and they're, they're saying, okay, I, I kind of want to be that person for somebody on my team. How, what's that first step? Like, how do you offer yourself as a mentor, as a more experienced professional to somebody who you see um, needs a little bit of that support or you see something you want to nurture in them? I love that question. And, and I think it's a lot about just being there and being present mm -hmm. and, um, and showing up and just being really open and willing to, to be someone's mentor. And, and I think you, you can't make anyone ask for help. Um, and that's a, a lesson that's kind of hard, uh, yeah. to, to learn and, and something that I've had to learn along the way because, um, you know, we might have people sign up for the mentor vet program and then they drop out, um, you know, within the first month, pretty low rate, but I'm like, those are the people that need it the most, the ones that feel overwhelmed and stressed. But, um, I think for me, when I'm thinking about, um, the best mentors that I've had and kind of them reaching out to me, it's, it's been, uh, people who just show up and they're there every day and they're willing to, to answer questions and, um, 
I think that once you start building that trust and that relationship, um, then it might just be a matter of asking, hey, can I be your mentor um, and, and setting up some formal structures around, you know, what does that look like? Do we meet once a month? Um, do, how, how do I help you? What do you need? Um, so, so yes, I think it's um, just a matter of, of, of showing up and then asking. I love that. <laughs> you can't expect that somebody knows exactly what they need. Yeah. So those regular check-ins are mm-hmm. really helpful. Yep, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and yes, I think that not only is mentorship within practices, uh, you know, important, but also starting to grow out our definition of, you know, mentorship ha- and having multiple mentors. So having a mentor in your practice, but then also having somebody outside your practice that maybe you can talk to about, um, it's a third party. So maybe you can talk about things that are happening at work and not have, uh, the risk of repercussions. Yeah. And so, um, I think being willing to, uh, accept that help as a mentee is also very important. And as a mentor, you know, searching for mentees outside of your practice and, um, you know, we, uh, at MentorVet always need more mentors. So if there are people out there listening that, um, are interested in mentoring and maybe don't have somebody in their practice that they can mentor, um, we have, plenty of vets who need support and who are asking for it. So, <laughs> so yeah, just check us out. <laughs> Love it. And we'll make sure that you know where to do that too, if you're watching or listening. Yeah. Um, so Dr. Addie Reinhardt, thank you so much for stopping by yeah. and looking forward to your presentations this week and having you here at Connexity. Um, and thank you so much for all the work you're doing. You really are making that med a better place. And, um, and I, I just can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great chat. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode of Central Line, the AHA podcast. If you love what you hear, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. For more resources to help you simplify your journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine, we invite you to visit aha.org. That's A-A-H-A dot O-R-G.